Welcome wrestling fans to the PW Fan. The PW Fan is a pro wrestling podcast created by fans for fans. And we appreciate you joining us for episode 41. I'm your host, the old school wrestling fan, collector, barber, musician, the guy with too many hobbies, talk wrestling, Tim Gilbert. And I'm your host, the architect of Pro Wrestling Podcast and Funko Pop Collector, Andy. I'm also your host, the no-selling wrestling indie fan and football lover, Jeremy. I am not the host, but happy to be here. Your Jockzilla, bringing all the energy, bro Keller. I know I might have won quite a few championships in the ring, but fun fact for you, super dope on a pogo stick. So take that and do what you will with it. <laughs> Absolutely. That's, a, Man, that's how you do yeah, an intro. That's, that's a yeah, that's a PW go. fan exclusive. Bro Keller is a master of the pogo stick. Okay. <laughs> well, we're dude. We are absolutely excited to have you here. Uh, before we start getting into that stuff, just giving a rundown of the show today. We're going to be talking about Forbidden Door and reviewing it, and then after the Forbidden Door review, we're going to be doing a special interview with Bro about his career, some of his experiences in the wrestling business, such thus far a little bit of the history and maybe how he got into wrestling. It's going to be really fun and give you a lot of behind-the-scenes insight. He's worked uh, behind the scenes for AEW and done a lot of really cool things, so excited to talk to him. Uh, Before we get started on the show, if you could head on over to the PW Fan on YouTube where we have our full library of episodes posted, and you can find us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. For merchandise, you want to go to ProWrestlingTees.com backslash the pw fan to get your pocket logo shirt and at the end we're gonna let bro pitch all of his merch too because i'm sure he's got a store he's got lots of things going on so i know i'm going to be buying something at the end of the show all right andy so like usual i'm going to pass it over to you and let you do our weekly breakdown okay Alrighty, a couple things from Raw this week. I don't know how much you guys saw. Um, so Rhea Ripley was supposed to wrestle Bianca Belair at Money in the Bank, but she is injured. So Bianca needed a new opponent, and uh, they ended up having like kind of like a six-pack challenge. And Carmella ended up becoming the next contender, which I did not see coming at all. She's kind of been off TV for a while. Um, but yeah, so no more Rhea Ripley. It seemed to have halted... Uh, the judgment days momentum because last time or last thing i heard they were on saturday night's main event uh as soon as you know Rhea got hurt so um you know they were on a prime spot every single week but now they but is this also off. so we'll have to see what happens with that does any well. of that have to do with the whole like edge thing because like because once he once he left and then they replaced him with finn so were they already doing Saturday Night's Main Event stuff or at that point, or did that only happen after Rhea got no. hurt? Oh, okay. So they kind of like... I believe it was after it, Rhea got hurt. It kind of felt yeah. like maybe they don't they don't know what to do. Rhea, Rhea was in a you know main spot. Right. You know? I mean, yeah. yeah. She was, she was doing awesome. I'm not, not too sure. What do you... Uh, bro, what do you think of Rhea Ripley? She's pretty um, badass, right? After, I, like, I like her a lot. Super badass. And... I'm like listening to all this like unfold here, and it's so weird to hear that they were only on Saturday night's main event. Is that what you were just saying, or just main? Is it just, it's yep. the show before the show? However, they yeah, but whatever it's called, yeah, but well, yeah, unfortunately, which is so weird because like what you were just mentioning, like they were a featured position week in week out, even on like the pay per views too. And then Edge goes out. I guess what Finn subbed in for him now, and then it just kind of shoved off to the side. Yep. 
So, which didn't make guess... any sense in the first place, but I, we, we don't have. Well, much I talked about it. <laughs> I, I talked about it last week. I was like, Edge won the match for them at the pay per view. Yeah. He pinned Riddle, and then they kick him out the next week saying he's a weak link. It just didn't make any sense. If he had lost the match, then it would have made sense. <laughs> but, but, yeah, I, always, I always I always love that kind of stuff. Andy, yeah. always has a, oh, Andy always has, like, funny, like, Andy takes everything very literally. So, like, he'll just, like, point out things that I'm like, I didn't even think of that. It just makes me laugh. Uh, Jeremy, uh, yeah, it's just... Oh, yeah, you you need that. No, you need you need someone like that who's just like, no, what? <laughs> uh, yeah, Jeremy, did you end up seeing any, any of it? Sense, so. yeah. No, I was just agreeing with Andy. Like, it didn't make any sense to begin with, and I saw that they were on main event, and that's already like you know, once you're on main event, it's like I don't know, it doesn't seem like it's going to get much better. Just getting back. No, it look. But, there's hope. Um, it's, there's another th- Dolph Ziggler, Zack Ryder. A lot of those dudes have bounced back. You just gotta give. They can do it. It's just if they're if they're super talented, I think it's possible. Which all those all those people are. Well, like a, a pile of Cruz is now officially back in NXT 2.0, like full That's time. Good for him though. See, take yeah. me back. And he lost his accent and everything. So uh, <laughs> if you take me back, <laughs> he's back to being normal pilot clues. <laughs> what, what accent did he have before? An African accent said that this was, oh, I right. mean, because he's really from Nigeria, Nigeria. <laughs> and he was the Nigerian prince or whatever. And then he goes back to NXT and he uh, is completely just back to his regular, you know, American sounding <laughs> accent. So, Dude. Um. Another thing I want to talk about with Raw this week, we had another weird Vince McMahon coming out to what the ring. What is that about? I don't understand. Dude. <laughs> so we, last we week. Were, yeah, go ahead. Last week, last week we talked about the scandal and he had come out on SmackDown and was just like, then now and forever. And most importantly, together. And then this week he comes out, acts like nothing's wrong and announces Cena's return. Yeah. I'm just like, that was, we were, we so were recording. Weird. And then Tim was like, Vince is on TV again. <laughs> like, what? I was like, what's happening? Yeah, like. It's just yeah. so insensitive, Get- too, right? Like, am I the only one who's Like, yeah. you're just kind of rubbing it in this oh, yeah. space. Like, definitely. I don't get it. Well, apparently, a lot of the locker room thinks it's, like, super insensitive and, like, off color. Yeah. Well, you got to think that. a lot of those. From what a I lot of those it, so. people in the locker room now are, like, our generation. Like, I'm 31. Yeah. Like,. And I feel like we're all kind of like in a mindset where you're like, dude, that obviously that stuff is like not okay at all. And Vince is like an old head dude, and he's like, yeah, look at this. And like everybody that's our age is like, no, what? Like, I'm not down with this. Right. <laughs> that's, that's like when he said the together part. I'm like, no, yeah, Vince, not together, we're not together on this, yeah, not together. There's some case that is like coming up that. They tried to hush about back in the day. Apparently, yeah, I've read all. I've read so more stuff. This is like some real old stuff. I've read all this stuff. Uh, Omos qualified for Money in the Bank. Uh, We had a funny Ezekiel, Elias, and Kevin Owens segment. Um, They did some some camera magic, and uh, they had Ezekiel sitting next on on the couch next to Elias, Um, and then they had Elias. With his beard and everything, play guitar in the ring, and Kevin Owens comes out and starts freaking out, and then you have Ezekiel pop up on the screen. Um, 
So I was really looking at the beard. I was like, I mean, it's definitely fake because we know he doesn't actually have a, a brother. That, that was a but good fake beard. It was a great fake beard. I, I was looking real hard for yeah. it, but uh, um, we've talked about it. I I think this stuff is just so funny because yeah. it's it's just like they know it's yes. they know it's ridiculous. It's not like the whole Jason Jordan, Kurt Angle's your dad thing, and they like were actually trying to sell it. They're like. Yeah. Making a joke out of this. It's so. all see. Yeah. It feels like such a wink at the audience, and everybody's in yep. to it. It was just like yeah, back great. in like 2016 with the list. Everybody knew it was such yep. ridiculous <laughs> nonsense. But if you were pulling that list, like whoa, probably yep. same thing. <laughs> I love it. And Kevin Owens, hey, you can't do it without him because he's he's making it. Yep. You know this whole feud and everything as well. Um. Yeah, I'm just again moving quickly. Uh, Bobby Lashley, in theory, is set for a U.S. title match. I'm not sure if I think it's at Money in the Bank. I don't know. They've been doing title matches lately on Raw and SmackDown, so I'm just kind of all over the place with it. Uh, and lastly, Asuka qualified for Money in the Bank by beating Becky Lynch. I have no idea what they're doing with Becky. I mean, they had her in a match, I think, with Dana Brooke for the 24/7 title, um, and then, oh. but that was. Basically, I think I was mad at first, and then she got on the mic and was like talking about how she's getting disrespected and stuff. So I think it was all part mm. of what yeah, whatever yeah. they're doing with her. But do you think Becky's turning back to face? I don't know. She's a new face in Becky. Becky's mm. you know character. What was it like? It was like Becky two belts, and it was uh, Be- well, big man. time Bex. Big time Bex yeah. was after Becky two belts. Um. But yeah, that wrapped it up for Raw. There was a couple of things from Dynamite I wanted to talk about that kind of set the tone for, or set up for Benendora a little bit more. Um, Brian Danielson addressed the fans. He was supposed to be in for Benendora, uh, I believe wrestling Zack Sabre Jr. And he is hurt. Does anyone know what no. he's hurt with? No. There's a lot of injuries in the wrestling world so going many. on right now. Um, Dude. I need to knock. So he addressed the He's going to miss blood and guts. I know that, you know, he was saying he was going to miss forbidden door. So hopefully he, he gets, you know, back in the ring soon. Uh, it would have been awesome to see him at the pay-per-view, but we got someone else instead. Yeah. Uh, Christian, Christian cage addressed the fans and ended up mentioning jungle boys, dead dad, uh, <laughs> which I was like, dude, like <laughs> some of the, t- sometimes they say some shit. I'm just like, Oh my God. Like MGF, like when he mentions, uh, or I'd mentioned Brian, to Brian Pillman, Pillman Jr. Mm. Yeah, yeah, that one was, was like gnarly. God, that one damn, was gnarly. Man. I was like, oh my god, deep cuts. Yeah, dude. So, um, I mean, to yeah, be so honest, Christian, now, the, now this was the best Christian I, we've seen recently. I love Heel Christian. Heel Christian's yeah. great. If you don't mind, I have a question here for uh, for Bro. Now, if if you feel like this gives away a little too much of the magic, feel free to 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 no comment me, but. <laughs> When someone's digging that deep, right? Like when someone's like, "Hey, like I, I'm gonna say some shit." Usually beforehand, do you say like, "Hey, I'm I'm gonna like say some pretty gnarly stuff." Are you cool with this, or do you just go out and do it and then hope later that you guys can just be like, "Yeah, we're professionals, right? Like it's all good." Like what's the what's the better way to do that yeah and with stuff like that well first of all i feel like all the magic's already out the door anyway right so i'm about to right okay cool um but no there's not really like a protocol on that so 
especially on the indies, everything's pretty much just all up in the air. People will just cut promos, throw it up there, post it online, and everybody sees it. And then it's almost like on you as the opponent, if you're not the one that started it, to, okay, so it's like that. Now i got to fire stuff. <laughs> um, but I have to imagine, like in that instance, being on TV, being a, a weekly, episodic, you know, national televised program, there had to have been some discussion beforehand. Like, dude, like, can we take it there? And Jungle Boy was probably like, I guess let's take it there if that's what it's going to take. So I don't know. That's, right. okay. that's my theory on it. Yeah. Okay. okay. I, I always wondered because, you know, the other scenario is. You know, you just go for it, and then when they get backstage at the end of the night, he's like, dude, what the hell? I'm sorry, man. I got a little carried away. (laughs) She's like, they're too into character right there. That's why on the indies, they just say stuff like that. Oh, yeah. And honestly, it's not even that. Let's let's call it like it is. And even myself, I could do more of them. But nobody on the indies really does promos anymore. It's like like few and far between. So like sometimes if it's built into a show, you'll see them. But even like hyping up a match or whatever, just because there's so many wrestlers and so many promotions, I don't think enough people like do promos the way they should. Yeah, right, right. Probably no, unless that's it's awesome. Like a I can't promotion wait. or something. Yeah, I can't wait to get a little bit more into promos because we're gonna definitely get some more. I'm loving hearing all this like kind of behind the scenes stuff. This is super cool. Just a good. Oh yeah, you know, we'll definitely dive the more. Show. I got Later. you. Oh yeah. Um, I'm going to keep moving forward. Malachi Black qualified for the All-Atlantic Championship match. He beat Pena Oscuro, um, which, I mean, if you already knew Pac was going to be in the match, doubt you they would put Penta against him. But Well, Penta um, couldn't anyways because of AAA. That's right. I did I did read that. I forgot about that. Good call. Uh, there And lastly, for Dynamite, there was a segment, Adam Cole, Heyman Page, and Jay White in the ring, and out comes Okada. Big pop. Uh, kind of surreal to see Okada in uh, AEW. Yeah, uh, super but cool. Super cool, you know, and it looks like, I mean, at the time that this was happening, that we were getting a four-way for the IWGP world title, which we will end up getting at the pay-per-view. So it's definitely a big match. Um, we'll get into it. Stuff went down at the end of the match. But uh, real quick, want to run through SmackDown. More, you know, qualifying for Money in the Bank. Sami Zayn qualified. Uh, Shotzi Blackheart uh, qualified for Money in the Bank. And Pat McAfee called out Happy Corbin for a match at SummerSlam. Pretty good promo, actually, by him. The Rock gave him props. He didn't mention The Rock in his promo or did some of The Rock's lines. Uh, the Rock tweeted at him. He called him a bum-ass Corbin, didn't he, or something like that? Oh, bum-ass Corbin, yeah. The Rock loves it. Uh, and said he was going to lay the smack down on him and stuff like that. But uh, so it looks like, you know, we're getting Mac. And look, McAfee can go. You know, he had the match against Adam Cole. He had the War Games match. He had the match with Theory at Mania. Uh, and we're just going to skip over the one with Vince, though. That's not a match. Yeah, let's not talk about that. Yeah. <laughs> Kick the football <laughs> into the stomach or whatever. Ribs. Um, I had absolutely nothing from Rampage that didn't already like wasn't already set up for forbidden door you know um i think we had a match of cash wheeler versus somebody from versus jeff cobb i mean that was a good match that was on rampage i yeah. believe 
Hook was on I it. it was the, I think it was the main event. Um, but yeah, let's dive into Forbidden Door. Now, I don't know if you guys saw the buy-in. I did. I know you can't really go back and watch it if you missed it, but uh, I'm going to run through those quickly, and then we'll get into the main card. So you had Aaron Solo versus, and QT Marshall versus... Uh, and if I mess up any of these New Japan guys' names, I apologize, unless you guys can correct me. Versus, uh, <laughs> I forgot that you were going to have to do all that. <laughs> yes. So it's Aaron Solo and QT Marshall of the Nightmare, or is it of the Factory, versus Hiroki Goto and Yoshihashi. Uh, winners were Hiroki Goto and Yoshihashi. Then we had Nick Camarado uh, versus Lance Archer. Winner was Lance Archer. And then Dude, we had Swerve Sh- guy. He's both freaking, of those guys. Yeah, he's shit. Am I allowed to? I'm allowed to swear. You guys swore. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Say whatever you massive. want. Holy shit. <laughs> I mean, Nick Camarado's big as fuck <laughs> too. Nick Camarado, <laughs> you're spot on with that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, which makes sense why they paired him up, you know, in this match. Um, we had Swerve Strickland and Keith Lee, which they're calling Swerve in My Glory. Uh, versus, oh god, this is gonna be fun. Uh, Yoshinobu Kanemaru, I think that was it. Yeah, and El Desperado. Yeah. Uh, winner was Swerve and Lee. This is a pretty good match. Uh, it was the I, I thought there was gonna be three buying matches. It actually ended up being four. And the final one was Max Caster and the Gun Club uh, versus uh, Yuya. You say that Umura. the LA Dojo guys. Yeah, that's what I wrote down in my phone, <laughs> and then I actually like LA Dojo uh, graduates. Yeah. There you go. Um. Uh. And at the beginning of the match, uh, Danhausen came up on the screen, and I yes. I forget what he did, but everyone went to the back except for Mac Ca- Max Caster and Billy Gunn. Well, he said, and, "I have a new song for the Ass Boys," and then it was like some oh, yeah. funny song, and they ran to the back. Um. So well, yeah, real, they ran to the back. Bro, what do you think about Danhausen and like the comedy and wrestling? Uh, it's a good balance. I think you need that in every wrestling show. Like you can't all just be like wrestle, 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 wrestle. You need to have to like mix it up so there's something for everybody. Um, it's definitely an interesting gimmick. I will say that. <laughs> and fun fact here, yeah. I didn't realize this honestly until I don't know, maybe like six months ago. But at one point, I wrestled Danhausen before he was like in his current gimmick. He was like Donovan. This really? Yeah, it was like a triple yeah. match. I had no clue until like reflecting back. I'm like, oh, well, that's a little. Oh, that's yeah, awesome. So nice, nice. But yeah, definitely doing some interesting. So I wanted, I, I wanted to ask you about him because. I've read two different, and I don't know how much you know. I've read two different stories about him. The one is that. You know, like a lot of things, like he was kind of struggling on the indies and then he was like, you know what, I'm going to switch the character up and do something different just for fun. And then the other story I read was, is that he was doing like when you wrestled him, uh, he was like, was doing that very serious, almost like Davy Richards kind of style, just like real, like uh, real, st- I don't want to say stiff, but just like, just like Dynamite Kid-esque kind of stuff. Right. And then the story I read is that he got kicked. He got kicked in the throat, and was like, "All right, like I don't, like I don't want to do this type of shit anymore." And then like, <laughs> like just like I just want to have fun. Which that I would also very totally nice and very evil. Yeah. Very, either way, 
I I totally understand. If I don't know which one of those stories is true, but I feel like it's got to be the first one because you're gonna get kicked in the throat. Like the probability of that happening doesn't matter what your gimmick is. It's gonna happen, yeah. <laughs> especially if he's it's, oh, kick. Yes. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I'll just keep running through. Unless you guys got more questions about the Danhausen thing. No, I just no, think that's it's cool. cool. I just, you know. just, just hearing that he got to work with him is super cool. That's yeah. awesome. Because D- Danhausen's like one of our favorites here. Oh yeah, so that's pretty cool. Love, love yeah. Danhausen. I do. I mean, I think we all just find him very entertaining. And that, yeah. like, we think he's like actually lo- funny, not just. Yeah. yeah, like I, I loved Conan O'Brien when I was a teenager, and I remember even showing Andy in high school trying to show him like Conan O'Brien sketches and. Once he'd said that, like his character was like based off him, like a like a demented Conan O'Brien. I like it. Kind of like a light bulb went off with me, and I like got it. And like now, I just like now I think it's hilarious. Like at first, I was like, "What is this?" But then, like you know, it, it, it like so, like a lot of things it'll grow. All started you. clicking. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I want I want to get into later some of the and talk about some of the people that you've wrestled. Um, but yeah, we'll save that for the end. Um, so we, yeah, we were talking about Max Caster and Billy Gunn being the only guys left in the ring. They basically made kind of quick work of these uh, L.A. New Japan dojo guys. Uh, Billy Gunn's out there yelling like, "This is bullshit!" Uh, but Dude, Billy Gunn up... is gigantic now. He's Was huge. He always... Yeah, huge. He's always been that big. He's a huge guy. Yeah, and you don't know it unless, like, you see him compared to other people, really. And then, like, because I don't think I've really realized it. Because everyone back then in WWE was massive. I didn't realize it, though, until, like, he came to AEW. When you stand next to Taker, The Rock, and Stone Cold, you're like, okay, yeah, he's, he's like, average size. And then you, like, see him, like, against a normal person. You're like, oh, my God. He's, like, the same size as Hogan, from what I I understand. Wow. Um, but yeah, so Max Caster and Billy Gunn were the only ones left in the ring, and they got the win, and that capped off our buy-in show for Forbidden Door. Uh, so let's get into the actual meat and potatoes of the pay-per-view itself. It opened up with Jericho, uh, same Jericho Guevara, and Suzuki uh, versus Kingston, Yuta, and Umino. Um, winners in the end were Jericho Guevara and Suzuki. What y'all think of the match? For those that have seen it. Good, I, good for the opener. Set the tone. Yeah, I think so. I mean, I I don't wasn't expecting as much from this match as it was from other ones on the card, but this one, like the Kingston and Suzuki, when they were chopping each other, I was like, this this makes the match. I don't care about anything else. Like they were just going at each other, and it was it was amazing to watch. Kingston and Suzuki, yeah, yeah. I mean, both are just ready for a fight. Yeah, I mean, their chests were like blood red within like five minutes, and I was like, Jesus. <laughs> I mean. I want to say this before we get too far into into it. This pay per view was very good, especially the last couple matches where it was just yeah. banger after banger after. It was very especially very good. with a lot of people saying that the build wasn't great and all the injuries, so they had to shuffle things around. This was, I think, one of the best pay per views of the year. Yeah, I think oh, yeah, they really sure. delivered, considering. Yeah. Um. So yeah, winners of that match, like I said, were Jericho Guevara and Suzuki. After that, we had. Uh, a triple threat for the ROH and IWGP tag titles winner take all. It was Rapongi Vice versus uh, the United Empire, which representing them was Great Okan and Jeff Cobb, who are the 
or were the IWGP Tag Team Champions and our favorites, FTR. This match was a fucking banger. Uh, winners in the end. I mean, FTR's over as as much as any top star in you know in these companies. Um, big big pop for them. FTR won. They are now the AAA, ROH, and IWGP Tag Champions. So uh, I saw I saw a, a tweet. Uh, I believe it was from Cash. Or, or Dax, I don't. It doesn't matter. If you remember back when the, their last stuff from Raw, they said three years ago I was shaving this man's back, and now, yeah, uh, now you know we're all these champions. So you know, you never know where your career will go. They were shaving one of the, each other's backs in the shower, and this is when Vin, this was like the oh, last right. shit they were doing with. Uh, I think with like Carl uh, Anderson and uh, Luke Gallows, I believe. Yeah. yeah, they were just like that almost like burying them. Yeah, it was bad. And now look at them. So couldn't have been happier with the winners. Uh, Jeremy, what do you think of the match? I loved it just yeah. like like he did. Um, the moment like when Dax got like he had, I don't know if it was an angle or if it like it actually happened. Like he hurt his shoulder in the match, like the very beginning of it, and then he went to the back. But like that pop when he walked back out and the crowd went crazy and got tagged right in. I was like that. I mean. It's like such such good wrestling from FTR. Tim, were you able to get around to seeing a lot of the pay per view today? Yeah, I, I've watched everything, and then I actually watched okay. a little bit of it, a little bit of a of it again before we started recording. But yeah, I love this match. I thought it was really fun. I loved all the kind of simultaneous, or not simultaneous, but the different ways people were tagging in, and I think that uh, who. Which one got hurt? Was it Dax or Cash? Yeah, it was Dax. Dax. When Dax went to the back and Cash was wrestling by itself, it definitely created like a uh, a sense of like urgency in the match where you were you were kind of already rooting for them, but then you were rooting for them even more because then it's almost like a handicap match in that regard. But I mean, I love FTR. They they remind me so much of the Rock and Roll Express, Midnight Express, Arn and Tully. It's just like right up my alley of what I like with wrestling. So yeah, I. Anything that they're usually a part of, I'm like giving the the chef's kiss to. Is there? Yeah, and to the only reason. Are they the best? You said are they the best tag Is team there in the world? Better. Oh, right now, now I'd say they're they're top. They are top it guys. Just, and like, <laughs> I think this is the debate, right? Like, this is it. All comes down to what you like, right? So for me, or, and I don't want to speak for Andy and Jeremy, but. I I really like that kind of like pure wrestling style where it is, I don't know. I hate kind of like getting into this territory, but it's like more like sport based or whatever. But then, I mean, who am I also to say though, or who are we also to say that a team like uh, uh, the Young Bucks or the Lucha Bros aren't the best, you know? It's just a different style. It's just, like, completely different, you know? It's all, But I, me personally, I'm going to say FTR, but I get and respectfully understand when people have other points of view. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, I love yeah. FTR as as the top team, but I love all the other, like, styles as much. Because, like, the Young Bucks in the next match, they did that, you know, stupid uh, thing where they like, do it flips, and then they get to the corner, they just back rake the guy. <laughs> And it was like a whole build up oh, yeah. to it. And they did it like four times in a row. Like I still found that funny, but I, <laughs> I prefer FTR over that. 
Yeah, I mean, I think yeah. I think when it comes to this podcast, I know. I mean, we were all the three of us were let down when we went to the last AEW show in Maryland. There was no FTR on the card. Mm. Like, we were so bummed. No Punk and no FTR. Yeah, the, we were just like, God damn. You know who was there? Bro was there getting beat up by Wardlow. Yeah, you know, took a, a nice a kick. Gnarly. Dude, we're, we're in the stands. Tim's like, I think that's bro like down there. So bad. It was so absurd. Yeah, I had like a sprint yeah. across my body for. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Yeah, I want to get into that also when we when we uh, eventually finish for Ben yeah, We're hyping this interview. All right, so let's get there, really. Um, <laughs> after that, we had uh, so FTR won the titles. Uh, we had Pack versus Miro versus Malachi Black versus Clark Connors of New Japan for the new All Atlantic uh, Championship. I'm be honest. I did not see this winner coming. I thought it was going to be Miro, and it was Pac. Uh, this match was very good. I thought, um, and yeah, I mean, I thought I think he deserves it, or he's earned it. You know, he's he's been with the company a while now. He busts his ass. He puts on great matches, and yeah, I didn't. I just didn't see it coming with Miro freshly coming back. Yeah, yeah. yeah I thought so. it was Miro or Pac was going to win. I'm actually glad that Pac won because. He, I feel like he's been such he's such an underrated wrestler because he puts on great matches, like you said, every single time he goes out. He can there. go with anyone. Yeah, and he can wrestle with any style. I'm like, that's perfect guy to put that type of uh, title on. But I thought every guy in this match shined. You know, they got a chance to yeah. shine. You know, they all, you know, hit their spots. Uh, even Clark Connors, who was probably the most unknown name out of everyone out there, you know, had his moments. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Yeah, I hadn't I hadn't heard of him before this. Um, yeah, I mean, he did get thrown out of the ring for the first like ten minutes of the match, but he eventually yeah. got in there. Tim, are you recording yet? I don't see the red dot. Okay. <laughs> uh, and we're good. Right. So, Tim, we were just saying how Pac won the All Atlantic Championship. Okay, yeah. Yeah, that was a really good match too. I I really like that one. Um Yeah, Pac's like one of those guys where every time I see him, I'm just like amazed by the shape that he's in. I'm like, dude, to maintain that. Dude, remember watching Gargano versus like Ciampa? The, the, Edge one time was like, There's zero body fat in this ring right now. <laughs> oh yeah. It's like he's like between the two of them, there's zero percent body fat right now. Dude, that now. pod was awesome. Speaking of Edge Edge and Christian, pod of all pause uh, I missed the ENC awesome. pod. Um all right. So after the All Atlantic Championship match, uh we had Bullet Club uh kind of reuniting the Bucks and El Fantasmo. Versus, and they were calling them the dudes with attitude. Sting, Darby, and Shingo Takagi. Sorry if I said it wrong. Um, All right. the, the winners were dudes with attitudes. Uh, one thing, it was cool to see the Bucks wearing their Bullet Club gear again. You yeah. know, that, that, that was really cool. Yeah, that it. was sick. A little bit of a cool, throwback. Um, to see all that. But yeah, what you, what you think of the match? I mean, I thought the coolest part was the beginning with Sting, because the for anyone who hasn't seen it, the Bucks are making their entrance and the lights cut out. And then they show like uh, someone up in like the um, what the stairwell or something like up at the top. And it's like Sting, rafters. The rafters. Yeah. And Sting. Stairwell. <laughs> and then they cut back to like the entrance ramp and he's on top of like one of the entrance tunnels and he jumps off. He's 63 years old. He jumps off 
and like cross bodies all of them. I'm like this guy, he just got him back from an injury, and he's sixty three and still doing this. At, at one point, didn't they both like super kick him and he just took it and was just like, yeah, ah. yeah, it's like Jesus, this thing man. is insane. So what's the, like his his whole situation yeah, because. He got injured in WWE, right? And he had to like retire because Seth fucking Rollins, back. yeah, buckle bottom. But now he's like back in wrestling. Like, why didn't he just stay with WWE? What made him jump to AEW? Do we know that? Probably a similar reason why some of the people yeah. before, like, they're cleared by doctors outside WWE, but then doctors won't in WWE seem to not clear him. Like, Paige is cleared by other doctors, just not by WWE's doctors. Um, like I think there's a couple other people like that though that you know have been like I've done test after test but apparently WWE's doctors won't clear me like Danielson was cleared for a long time uh, by other doctors outside WWE so I would think it it has something to do with that and then someone to Edge too yeah it's a good point yeah yep yep. Um, so our next match was Thunder Rosa versus Tony Storm for the AW Women's Championship. This match, I mean, I, I feel like with some of the other matches on the card, they were like, we got to freaking deliver. And I thought they really did. You know, they, it, they, uh, I didn't think they really messed up at all. And if they did, you know, they covered it up pretty well. Um, Thunder Rosa ended up being the winner in the end. She again had some crazy gear. Uh, but the show signed respect to each other afterwards. Uh, good match. Crowd was into it. Yeah, but I think I, I think the right person won. I do yeah. like Tony Storm, uh, but I thought the right person won. You know, Thunder Rosa. Yeah, I mean, Thunder Rosa to go for. Yeah, hasn't really had a good run so far. Like they haven't really put her on TV. I don't. I don't really understand why. But um, yeah, this was like the first good match, title match that she's had so far. So hopefully, they actually like continue this now. Yeah, her her reign so far has been like kind of hit or miss. I feel like, but this yeah. was very good. Um, I don't know who could take it off of her. Maybe if Paige came in or someone, but because uh, uh, Mercedes <laughs> or Sasha Banks. Oh yeah, that's that's right. Sasha Banks is is free now. She definitely would be a believable person to beat her. Um, because. What's Ember Moon's new name in AEW? Athena. Athena. Athena's going after Jade Cargill right now. Yeah. I know that, so that's not really in the cards. But I want to get into this next match because it blew my expectations out of the water. Will Ospreay yeah. versus Orange best, Cassidy. Best Dude, this match was fucking uh, awesome. Well, yeah, oh, real so quick. Bad. I missed it. Sorry. Yeah. It's so good. Yeah. Bro, how do you feel about Orange Cassidy? Such a dude. He's a... Uh... So chill, so nice. He is extremely gifted in the ring. My goodness, to do this, he does like with his hands in his pockets, wearing the shades, doing the whole thing. Um, I love it. I enjoy that a lot. It's it's funny because like we were talking about Danhausen earlier, and it's similar in the like sense that they have these different like kind of charactery gimmicks. But it, it works, man. Yeah. Cassidy, it just works. Yeah, this match. Yeah, you gotta you gotta find time to find this match because it was fucking awesome <laughs> uh will osprey won though um and afterwards this crowd went off when shibata comes out 
um, who Japanese legend retired in, I think, 2017. And he's been a coach at the LA New Japan uh, dojo. But uh, New Japan legend, um, people were freaking out. Um, and then he goes, it's, it's almost like, is he going to go have a feud with Will Osprey? Because he retired, I think, from an injury. Um, but then he gets in the ring, looks at Cassidy, Orange Cassidy, and Cassidy takes his glasses and puts them on Shivada, Big Pop. <laughs> um, so, yeah, from here on out, I mean, the rest of the card was just, like, crazy match after a crazy match. So, But, but real quick about that match, though. Like, I've, I've never seen counters so smooth as those two. It, it, it was – I mean, both guys are super good. Osprey's, yeah. you know, we all know is amazing. Orange Cassidy, I felt like Osprey was really able to show what Orange Cassidy really, really could do. Yeah. Um, it was great. Tim, did you like uh, that match? Orange Cassidy isn't... Yeah, really. But... Tim usually doesn't like Orange Cassidy matches. No, he, so. it really... <laughs> I just... <laughs> what am I... What do you want me to say? Wait, you want to talk about the... the best match uh, on the card. You want to talk about Jericho and him in the, you know, in the orange like, juice champagne? I think I think that I think no I no I think the thing with the uh, for me it was like the the pockets joke was funny like the first thirty times but like <laughs> little now, dog pockets <laughs> like after I saw that match after I saw that match I was like holy shit like I'm blown I wonder away. if he'll like my he'll I'm say like, anything about that I'm wowed you yeah. know which which I think that's that's kind of the point right like. It's like now now I'm starting to understand the character more where there's other old head wrestling fans who I don't think they even want to try to understand. But what it is, is I kind of get it now. It's like he can do all this stuff with his hands in his pockets. And then when he takes them out, it's like, oh, now he's like actually trying. And then it's like even crazier. So I, I kind of get it. You know, like I'm, I'm like I'm buying into the whole thing. I go. do agree. It's progress. Man. It's, it's cool to see like that he can do it. But after however many times. Yeah. Right, right. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. I'm not hating. Um. So, so our next match. It's a good joke. It just like you know you wear it out after a while. Um. So our next match was Zack Saber Jr. versus a hand-picked opponent from Brian Danielson, and this opponent will be the next member of the Blackpool Combat Club. Zack Sabre Jr. comes out, um, and then I don't know how the crowd knew right away because when the music hit, I was like, I don't know who this is. Well, it and had the, like, the Swiss flag up on the screen. Is that what it was? Okay. Well, it was Claudio Casanoli, uh, which formerly known as Cesaro. Biggest pop of the fucking... Formerly known as Claudio Castagnoli. <laughs> yes, again. Um, <laughs> yes. <laughs> So big, big pop, biggest pop of the night. Um, I think it was rumored that he was going to be the guy because I think we had talked about it before. Yeah. Also, um, I always have liked him in WWE. I always thought that, you know, maybe he didn't get pushed because promo work or something. But uh, I always say if you could go back and watch the uh, pandemic match between him and Roman Reigns in the Thunderdome or whatever, it was very, very good. Yeah. At one of the pay-per-views. Um, always a great athlete. But, yeah, this match was, you know, I'm going to say the same thing for all the rest of these matches. It was fantastic. Uh, technical. Uh, 
crowd really wanted to see him do the swing. Uh, they were bummed when Sabre Jr. countered at one time, but then they finally got it. Uh, winner was Claudio, though. Uh, you know, as as I think moving forward with AEW, it should have been. You know, you yeah. don't want to have your new guy for your Blackpool Combat Club to lose in the first night. Um, yeah. Yeah. Thoughts? Yeah, it might not be good. <laughs> yeah, which, I mean, just think about the Blackpool Combat Club right it's now. It's a stacked team right now. Yeah, Danielson, Claudio, uh, Yuta, Moxley. Yeah. And then you have Regal. And then Regal, It's like yeah. insane. Um, but I, I love these moments, especially for AEW pay-per-views. It's like they when they sign these guys, like the pop that they get, and it's like you see their face, face and like the emotion that they have. It's like they're finally being themselves again. Like I know he loved being Cesaro. Or too, getting but, the respect that they deserved. Yeah, that too. Yeah, it's just like him. And then like I'm wearing like a Ruby Zoho shirt. Like the, when she came out and she was like almost in tears. I was like, these are like the moments I think I love more than anything else in AEW pay-per-views. Mm-hmm. No, it's like when Punk no, came those back. those are like the best wrestling moments. Yeah. Well, because it's real. You know, that yeah. kind of emotion is kind of hard to hide. Um, well, makes you feel... It, it's like, it's also nice when, like... Yeah, but it's also, it's cool when the, the fans have that opportunity to, like, give, like, a real appreciation to the performer, and the performer is, like, they know that that's what they're doing. Like, it's kind of in... There's this moment happening where like it's special, and I think that's when you are a fan and you're watching. Those are like some of the coolest. Yeah. Like when people are like, "Why do you like wrestling?" It's like that's the stuff that you can't describe. Yeah. You know, like that's the stuff where like I can't I can't tell you why. It's too it's too many yeah. layers. Yeah. You know, like, look, you either like it or you don't. Right. That's mm-hmm. you're either fully in is what I realize, right. or you're not in at all. There's no like <laughs> really like I kind of like wrestling. I don't know. <laughs> at least for me, it's never well, been there's like always that. that guy too that. I know Hulk Hogan. There's always that like, guy yeah, too okay. who just like. <laughs> yeah. No, but they're like. There's always that guy though. You ever notice who's like, yeah, I used to watch growing up, and then like they like pretend they don't watch it anymore. They're like, yeah, you see Roman Reigns, and they're like, you see Kenny Omega, and I'm like, after a while, you're like, man, you kind of sound like you still watch it. Just throw that out there. But. Um. All right, so I'll get back on track. Our final two matches, we had Jay White versus Hangman Adam Page versus uh, Okada versus Adam Cole. Fatal four-way match for the IWGP world title. This match, up until the ending, was fucking awesome. And I just sound like a broken record. Just keep repeating. It was amazing. It was awesome. But it was. I mean, you got this much talent in one ring. Um, How can you not? The winner was Jay White, though. Um, after a weird finish. So what happened, because there's two times that, what happened is Cole got concussed, I believe. And what I think happened, he either got hurt on the drop kick or the move from Okada or the move right after that, which is when he scoop slammed him. Um, because after, because those moves were one after another. And then after that, Okada goes for his rainmaker and Cole just kind of like ducks and then just falls to his knees and hands and, um, Jay White gets in the ring, does his finisher, and then just covers Adam Cole after like not even doing a move. Um, I don't know if if that was planned. I don't know if Cole was supposed to kick out and forgot, and it just ended that way. Um, but either way, doctors checked on Cole after the match. So you know he apparently I don't think he he had wrestled Bro. since the Aaron Hart tournament. Also. Bro, what's going on in those 
what's going on in those moments in the ring where you realize another a guy lot. is knocked out? What's like <laughs> the kind of the pro- going on? Yeah, and it's like kind of what we're saying, right? <laughs> the secret's out at this point, but there's so much communication that's taking place in that moment. Um, whether it's like with the referee who's got ears like to the back, who's actually sending production like notes like, hey, is he good? Can he like continue to go? Um, but then also like with each other, like as if the performer's hurt, then it's like, oh shoot, I don't want to just like explode this guy's brains. Like, how are we going to fix this? So it takes communication, but also somebody, right. if you have like a ring general in there who can actually, you know, take over that moment and make sure like, all right, sure, something got flubbed up, but how do we keep this rolling, not make it obvious, and then just, like, take it home, let's get out of this match. So, I don't know, in that moment, though, too, it was kind of weird seeing Jay White, who am I to say, like, you should have done this, but, like, he should have just pinned Okada because Cole didn't take a move, he was just there, but kind of to your point, Andy, maybe he was supposed to kick out, I'm not sure, but it was kind of Yeah, he looked like he well, kind of threw his shoulder up a little did. bit, but... But not in the way, and not like in a working like. Oh, this is like he looks like he was about to, and Jay yeah, White was almost definitely. like, "Nah, bro, you're done." Like he like was like holding him down. And he was like, "Nah, dude." But that was done. his sh- hurt shoulder too, wasn't it? That was the shoulder that was like taped up and stuff. I believe yeah, yeah. his left one. No. Um, I mean, so my yeah, only the cr- thinking on that was just that it was, a, it was a he ex- didn't want they didn't want Okada being pinned. That's the only reason yeah. I think that they didn't pin him. But the crowd was kind of. The crowd was kind of let down, and then I think when something like that happens and you see the doctors in there, they're like, okay, then they're understandable. But in the moment, you're like, did we just get a shitty finish? For And it was like supposed to be booked that way, and then when you realize it wasn't, it was like they had to call an audible. You're like, oh, okay, has a fan. You know, yeah. you would think. You would think. Um, but yeah, let's, lastly, let's get into our main event. It was John Moxley versus Hiroshi Tanahashi for the interim AEW championship. Um, this match was probably like a half an hour long, just about. Yeah. Um, Moxley was bleeding for 20 of it. Yeah. Moxley was bleeding. He, he, he fucking <laughs> cut himself or whatever after getting a sling blade done to him. Yeah. Which I've never seen that in my life. <laughs> I rewound. I was just like, when did he bleed? I was like, did I just think he started bleeding right after that? Like. He got the sling blade done, went out of the ring, went to the floor, and then comes back in and he's gushing blood. I was like, you just did a sling blade. <laughs> seen Balor and AJ and, or Rollins do yeah. a bunch of fucking sling blades before. I've never seen anyone <laughs> cut open before that. Yeah. He was bleeding his ass off. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, I, you know, I think we did predictions last week. You know, we all thought Moxley was going to win. It makes sense being an AEW belt to put on an AEW guy. Um, I don't think Tanahashi is going to be, I mean, I don't know him personally, but I don't think he's going to be wanting to fly back and forth. It's a long ass flight from Japan, you know, back over here. But do you guys think he'll hold the Moxley will hold the belt till Punk comes back and then we'll get Punk versus Moxley? I hope so. I mean, this version of John Moxley against CM Punk, I think will be really good. Well, we haven't had them in AEW together yeah. since both have been there. So, and also the promos themselves are being worth it too. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, any other thoughts? What you guys think of the match as a whole? I mean, Tanahashi's great. I've never really watched his stuff. I've seen, like, clips here and there, but I think he wrestled Jericho a little while ago over in New Japan. Yeah, I saw I saw stuff from that, well, but um, I know he's, like, beloved. He's, you know, like, the I Bret feel- Hart of New Japan, they say. Well, that and that's the thing. Like, I kind of, like, 
I kind of wish I knew more, and I don't know if Bro knows a little bit more than I do about, and maybe he could give some insight, but or Jeremy. But like, so at one point a few years ago, probably more than a few now, Okada was like the guy. When he was right? feeding with Kenny, he was like that we were the, watching the main guy. Kingdom and stuff. Right, and he was like a god, like untouchable. So then, I'm assuming at some point in the last few years, him and Tanahashi have kind of like. Or Tanahashi has, like, gotten, like, bigger? Like, is that kind of, like, what's happened? I'm not just, so like, sure. To be honest Stone with you, I don't really even watch like... New Japan as much as maybe I should. Um, but, yeah, I feel like Tanahashi's been around for a minute, and he's just kind of, like, I don't know, he looks like he hasn't aged a day, which is incredible for him. Um, but, yeah, I think you're right. Like, it is kind of, like, ebbing and flowing. It's It's tough to make the comparison, but... Like to what you were saying, Tim, with like Rock and Austin, or throw Triple H into the mix. You have like some of these multiple top guys that are like able to swap in and out. Yeah, like over there, what you have like right. Okada, Naito, Tanahashi, and then like Will Ospreay and Jay White shot up to like the top of the card. Both have yeah. been IWGP champ. I mean, Will Ospreay beat Okada to combine the titles, I yeah. believe. Um, I just wish it was easier to watch New Japan yeah. over here. Because you have to sign up for like a bunch of things. Yeah. New Japan. Not unless you stream it live yeah. online like I do. Um, <laughs> one, one thing I wanted to mention, though, that I didn't write down with this match is afterwards, um, everyone that's going to be involved in Blood and Guts on this Wednesday uh, basically ran out and started attacking. And one thing I noticed, because we've talked about it before, Eddie Kingston does not like Claudio. At first, I thought it was a work because they did have a feud, and I was like, "Is Eddie Kingston doing like kayfabe?" Like back in Shikara, you know, they had a big feud, uh, and I, I looked up more about that. But then I found a separate interview with Eddie Kingston that was recently, and he's like, basically, you want to know the real shit? Like before Cesaro left. Chikara to go to WWE, he refused to put Eddie over, apparently. So there is real heat. But afterwards, like, Eddie's looking up in the ring at Claudio, and Moxley's just, like, sitting right next to him, and he's basically like, fuck you, motherfucker. And Claudio, like, yells something back, and Moxley's just sitting there, like, smiling, like, what the fuck? (laughs) So it'll be interesting, you know, Eddie not liking Claudio, Moxley being a friends with him you know used to ride together in nxt and is now part of this group um it'll be interesting if we see like they you know mix it into storyline you know moxley having to get between claudio and eddie um kind of thing because apparently that was a really big feud in shikara and one of the like the main ones at some time from what i read uh i think in the end like Eddie, Eddie was telling everyone that, you know, he's not a good guy, like his character. And then he ended up turning and went to part of some uh, group, the DBK or something like that. I think it was called. Um, I feel I feel really a few weeks ago. And this is how, you know, to make a long story short, this is how we wound up getting bro on the show is he came into the barbershop I worked at to get trimmed up. And he started hearing us talking about wrestling and, you know, kind of take it from there. You get some wrestling fans around each other. All of a sudden, conversation becomes pretty easy. But so I'm 
cutting this dude's hair and I had no idea who he was and I'm asking him, I'm talking about like, you know, the weather and like generic shit with him. And then after, after he leaves, (laughs) my terrible conversation, dude. (laughs) You're right. I'm like, hey man, what's going on? It's nice out, right? Go for a walk today, man. So, um, yeah, dude. So he, so he leaves and my boss goes, Hey, how was that? And I was like, what do you mean? And then he goes, he's like, dude, you didn't talk to him. And I was like, about what? And he's like, that was like the guy who like ran your car for like fucking like 20, like however many years it's been around. He's like, he's like done all the behind the scenes stuff. He always has like the coolest stories. And he's like, you didn't ask him anything. And I was like, no, literally nothing. We didn't even talk about wrestling at all. Missed opportunity. Was it Mike? I know. Yeah. 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 He like came in. Yeah, I cut his hair and like I didn't even ask him anything. I we didn't even talk about wrestling <laughs> once. So funny. Like Jesus. I know. Hopefully he'll come in again. I don't know. It was wild. Cause cause bro, they do lot they, they do all kinds of well, stuff they, in Pennsylvania, right? Like isn't that um Yeah, so I they used to I mean it's an interesting situation with Shakara now because they used to do a ton and they would sell places out. Like I remember a few years back they had like bullet club when it was AJ and the young bucks versus um, whatever that British group is with like Trent seven uh, Tyler Bate, And then whoever else, like that was a Shakara match, which is incredible to think about. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, during the, the co or the quarantine, um, I guess there was a, uh, what was it? Uh, not me too, but like speaking out movement and some stuff. Uh, and I don't want right, to like, right. you know, bring up this can of worms again, but yeah, some stuff came out about Shakara. So they just haven't really been saying much anymore. Okay. Yeah. I will say like, that's, it's interesting that you say that. Cause like we'll, we'll get into like the behind the scenes and like a little bit of the drama, like, like Andy just touched on the whole uh, Eddie Kingston. Well, that dude uh, hates everyone, apparently. Claudio so. stuff. <laughs> but, but but a lot of the times we don't even like know a lot of we don't even know any of that stuff. Uh, and so it's like interesting to hear that like there's even oh, more okay. crazy stuff that goes on. But yeah, you know, over the years, Shakar has been a. Per- yeah, oh, yeah, I'm sure it's like it's, I'm sure like it's like you have no idea. But uh, um, yeah, Shakar is something I used to watch especially back in like i think in 2010 i got really into the indies i started watching like pwg and ring of honor when they were doing like internet pay-per-views and uh chikara was around and at the time from what i remember it was more like family-based kind of like pg kind of stuff there was like superheroes and it's like stuff. A i barely remember it but it, I, I vaguely yeah. yeah yeah it's cool it was cool though it was a cool idea but, yeah all right, Andy. What else? That wraps up that dynamite. Or not dynamite. Event. That wraps up Forbidden Door. <laughs> <laughs> That's usually how we we get to the end. Uh, that wraps up Forbidden Door. One good thing I want to say about this pay per view is, you know, we were talking about we don't know too much about some of the new Japan stuff uh, nowadays. I think we did a couple years ago when you and me, Tim, I at least were watching it a lot more. Well, I used to have the membership, and I would stay up and well, I mean, this is especially when the Bullet Club thing was like. Dude, like a total mark. I mean, I got a Bullet Club tattoo on my wrist, dude. Like, when that whole thing was going on, 
I was like super obsessed with it. So yeah. So a few years ago, you and I were really up to date and then it's, it's weird. Once Jay white became like the guy and all the other dudes left and started AEW. Like, I feel like, well, because we, we like really were watching AEW for that whole group. I mean, you started watching when AJ was the leader, and then you kind of were like, "Oh, this they're making this shit like really cool." And then I think you follow. We followed the group and the group of guys like Cody and Hangman and all them more than the company and Marty yeah, more than the company Marty itself. The so time. we followed where they went, and yeah. then goes from there. But what I'm yeah. saying about this pay per view is that it gives it gives the viewers. On both sides, if they don't know too much or about the company or some of the guys, now it gives the you know puts eyes on it all. And if this becomes an annual event, or you know, as guys come over to AEW uh, for like dynamites, or if guys go over there, you know, everyone gets to get a little taste and get more familiarized with with these uh, guys and girls. Um, but yeah, that wrapped up for Ben Dorf. That was an awesome pay per view, really fun. Um, but yeah. We can, if you want, we can get into uh, talking with bro somewhere. So, yeah, this is a special edition episode. Normally, we wrap up the show here. and We'll, like, shout out the social media and, you know, say talk to you guys next week, blah, blah, blah. But this week, we have special special guest bro Keller, who's been with us the whole show. And he's been helping us review uh, the Forbidden Door pay-per-view. And I thought it'd be fun to end by talking to him about his love for wrestling, his career, what the things he's gotten to do so far. So I have a couple of things written down and I think, you know, in these type of things, it's always easier just to kind of start in the beginning. Do you have like a particular memory? I know I do personally. Some of these guys do too, but do you have a particular memory of pro wrestling that sticks out to you when you were like a kid? Like maybe it's the first time you ever remember realizing what it was or the moment when you were like, I need to do this, oh. whatever this is, you know? Uh, and yeah, please, yeah, please feel free to just tell us. You yeah, know, but, um, uh, by all means. So when you ask that, the first thing that jumps into my mind was my brother, I have an older brother and he's nine years older than me. So he was kind of like in high school and this is like prime time, Monday Night Wars, wrestling was in its heyday, and it was like pop culture, like a phenomenon. And he would always flip back and forth between Raw and Nitro. If one went to commercial, he jumped to the other. If this one was on a commercial, he jumped back to the first. Um, so I remember specifically watching with him. And <laughs> even more specific than that, if one show was like, I don't know, maybe doing a promo or some backstage segment, he just never had any time for that. He's like, get the shit out of here. I want to see the wrestling. So then he would flip on that one then too. But I was like, no, I want to see that stuff. That's so cool. So like when you when you ask about like initial memories, that's immediately what jumps into my mind. Yeah. No, I love that. Um Andy and I, I'm his older brother. He's my younger brother, obviously. Uh, <laughs> I don't know if that could work another way. Um, but uh, we, kind of the same thing. Like, we would, he always liked kind of the storyline stuff. And I always just kind of wanted to see, like, my favorite wrestler was always Shawn mm-hmm. Michaels. And it was always because the matches, right? But then I remember... We both like the storyline stuff, but I think Andy appreciated it a little bit more than me. So, you know, all the backstage stuff. And you like got to get me interested. You got to get me invested. Exactly. That's all I'm saying. 
you got to get me invested in right. it. You got to give me the yeah. care. If you don't, if I don't care, I'm not. I don't give a <laughs> shit. I mean, I respect just pure wrestling. I, I respect pure wrestling. I, I know what like a good match looks like, but when I know what's going on and I know the stakes behind it, you know, there's layers to this. I feel it. Um, is there a particular wrestler that you grew up like idolizing or who was your favorite or a couple guys that, you know, come off the top of your head that were big inspirations? Not really the inspiration part, but I will say you're going to think I'm joking, but my dude was buff Bagwell and I was obsessed with him because he was Dude, he's got the exactly. stuff. Buff's got the exactly. stuff. Man. He's not just buff. He's not just tough, but he's got the stuff. So, I mean, Buff Bagwell was my guy. I loved him growing up. But then on the flip side of that, like somebody that you would think is maybe more serious of an answer. Um, I don't know. It's kind of basic because I love Goldberg. I love Sting. I do a Stinger Splash in my matches now. Um and even Undertaker, uh, he was he was huge for me too. I have his action figures and everything. So obviously, there's the Stone Colds of the world, box, but that's too too easy. But yeah, yeah, a lot of those guys, Buff Bagwell, particular. Sure, sure. I think Buff Bagwell is a great answer because he's underrated in the way that look, he wasn't out there putting on Meltzer five star bangers. He was. Just out there with a hundred percent charisma and personality, mm-hmm. and people love that dude. My dad knew who Buff Bagwell was, and he didn't know anything See, about wrestling. I love that, <laughs> right? Like, I don't know how he knew who he was, but he- now you mentioned Sting. Did you get to meet yeah. Sting when you have worked for AEW? Yeah, well, I saw him at AEW. I didn't actually meet him there. Um, I did a show uh, for MCW as, as well, and that was actually where I initially uh, had the chance to meet him. Super cool dude. Was that kind of surreal? It kind of was. I mean, it's so weird because there's this fine line that you have to kind of balance where it's like, I'm a professional and we're in this together and I don't want to just be like this fanboy. Because if you really think about it, technically we're peers, you know, we're like coworkers in some regards, in some aspects. So you kind of like still want to, you know, give them their flowers, pay them respect and kind of just, you know, Hey man, I loved you growing up. Oh, well, you were awesome. But then also, the older generation knows they're like all these guys fucking watch exactly. That. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What is the modern day rule etiquette as far as? Because I, I wish it was more visual. I have, I mean, literally, it's it's kind of sick, like <laughs> sick and not and not a good way. I have like a hundred wrestling books of biographies and autobiographies and history stuff and just crazy stuff. So what is the current day etiquette of locker room handshakes? Is that still a thing? Is that not as much of a thing anymore? Or is it like he didn't shake my hand. He's a fucking disrespectful asshole. Was that? See, like, all right. I'm glad thing? you asked that because I have a very particular answer on this. Some people are so over the top and weird about it. Like, Oh, this motherfucker didn't shake my hand, bro. It's like, dude, get off me. You know what? Like, what does it matter? As long as you at least, like, say hi, you're cordial, get a head nod. Fist bumps are huge nowadays after COVID. But it's like, come on. What does it matter? We're all here. We're saying hello. We're bumping into each other. I didn't shake your hand. Big whoop. You know? That just drives me nuts. I, I, I appreciate the idea right. behind it. 
it and being respectful. Because, but if you're not, you don't have to shake like all 38 people's hands, like and then they're backstage with you. So it's like, let's go. Right. And doesn't what I always thought when I was a kid, because when I was a kid, I kind of enjoy just being a fan now and like kind of like uh, analyzing mm-hmm. respectfully. I always like to say because I never like to act like that football fan, like. Dude, like you go up to the quarterback, you're like, you know what you should have done, and the quarterback's like, yeah, you fucking tell me what I should have done because you know. But uh, but uh, I, I it was like one of those things where I always wondered, wouldn't it be strange or fake seeming to do the same thing every single day, like to go in and you shake the guy's hand and you're like, yeah, we just did this yesterday, and then like you're like, hey man great to see you. and you're like yeah dude like literally we just did this like doesn't that seem like a little like try hard i don't know that like but maybe well, especially that's just at that level i mean you are right because and i think i've even heard you know i've talked to a couple people where they're just like no as long as you're just like hey what's up like i just saw like to your point i just saw you yesterday no big deal it's like nobody really cares anymore. but the people that do it's right. like come on you got nothing better to complain about right now Yes. Are they usually oh, yeah. older? <laughs> and if they're not, then they were trained by some old school uh, wrestler. Which, again, I get it. Appreciate the respect value okay. of it, but sometimes, like, there are other more important things right. you could probably complain about. Well, it's like I remember hearing his. I remember I hearing remember. a story that uh, Matt Riddle, like Randy, didn't like him at first because I don't think he like shook his hand or said what's up to him or something. Um, and Randy's, you know, he's on the younger side of some of the, you know, people out there, but he was like taught and was around like legends, like, you know, Triple H and Ric Flair and stuff. So he probably, and his dad and grandfather too was dad. Yeah. So, and grandpa. so it's, it's like you said, bro, it's like you either were trained or you were around that, that that's like just a, a thing that was mm-hmm. like, yeah. Was it like that for Speaking backstage at AW at all? Because I always hear about AW like it's yeah, like different. What? It is different. Well, all right. So that's another thing too. At least in my- if you can say something. Yeah. Oh, totally. Um, in my own experiences, I, I feel like you know you keep seeing all these articles and on the media and whatnot where it's like WWE super toxic background or super toxic backstage, I should say. Um, everybody's like on edge, walking on eggshells. I mean. To a degree, it's kind of similar to AEW too because, I mean, just think about it. Like everybody there is competing for the same job. You all want to be the best. You all like there is going to be tension naturally, and I mean, I think it's like you can almost feel it when you're walking around, and especially the guys that go and girls that aren't signed. Like we go to do extra work, or we go to be enhancement talent, whatever it might be. Like especially for us, we're super walking on eggshells, just making sure like don't want to piss him off who knows like maybe i will never get a chance here again or i don't want to disrupt the wrong person so i don't know there's that same level of of tension in the air from everything i've ever done and felt and experienced so i don't know maybe if you're there on a regular basis and you have a contract week in week out um you're getting paid it could be different but anything i've seen it's kind of been not toxic but there is still that you know it's palpable in the air Um, and you know, you were talking about locker room etiquette and different things backstage and, 
uh, kind of that old mentality versus just people being more relaxed. Who, uh, if if you feel comfortable saying, who actually trained you, trained you, and brought you into the business, and uh, you know how was that experience for you? Yeah, how very comfortable you telling stuff? you that. Um, Twisted Tate, he's my dude. He ran Atomic Championship Wrestling out of Denver, Pennsylvania, um, and living downtown. I was probably about, I don't know, half an hour away, 25 minutes. So it was a nice commute getting there. But yeah, interestingly enough, I had gone to college, played football, ran track. Uh, I graduated and I just figured, hey, you know what? Now I got to go to the real world, start my life, be a business person, whatever. And that's kind of what I did for a couple of years. And I realized, ah, I still kind of have this itch. There was like a natural... I don't know. I have like a naturally competitive nature within me, which is why I was able to, you know, compete athletically at, at school. Um, but yeah, I was like playing softball, like in rec leagues around here. I was playing indoor football, uh, flag football over at Spooky Nook. And I just, I knew there was something more. Like I needed something a little bit more than, than just kind of some of these sports. So my brother, other brother actually, he was dating a wrestler, Jamie Senegal, if you guys are familiar at all. Uh, another indie wrestler. Um, that sounds very familiar to me. I can't say anything in particular, but I feel like I've heard that I was name. Say, you very well might have. And we wrestled each other a couple times too. But yeah, before I even got into the business, my brother and I were having a campfire in the backyard. And I mentioned something to him. I forget exactly like what I said, but he was like, oh, I'll hit up Jamie right now. And I was like, you don't got to do all that. But then he was like, oh, too late. Already did. So I was like, huh. Okay, well, let's see what happens. And maybe five minutes later, I get a message on my phone then saying, hey, we're training tomorrow. I'll see you at five. So I kind of didn't really have a choice. I was like, ah, I'm not just going to blow this person off. Like, I kind of got to go, right? Um, so that's exactly what right. I did. The next day, I got to Twisted Tate's house, and there was a barn with the ring in it. Caveat, though, ring was not put together. So we had to set up the ring. I learned instantly what actually goes into putting a ring together, um, putting the steel frame together, dropping the boards on top of that, tightening the ropes, um, and that's a, a lot of what, you know, wrestlers nowadays don't know either is how to actually set up a ring. Um, so I was definitely paying my dues right off the bat. So when you, you get there and you're setting up the ring as you're putting the pieces together of the ring and you're realizing what a professional wrestling ring is actually made out of for the first time, did it kind of hit you like, oh yeah, this is going to hurt. Yeah, like, like you knew at least it Dude, wasn't going to feel great. Yeah, you know? I'm watching, like, I'm we're putting these, like, steel corners together and then just steel siding and then just bars of steel running across. So I was like, all right, okay. And then, oh, let's take some wood now. Let's layer that with wood. All right, okay. Uh, maybe, like, a three-quarters of an inch thick pad to go right on top. Like, damn, okay, here we are. <laughs> And it was also one of those things too, like while I'm setting up, I'm like, what am I getting myself into? Like, is this something I want to do? Uh, so there were like a lot of different thoughts racing through my mind uh, in that moment, but I'm glad I did it. Is it true? Is it true what they say about that first bump? The first one you take is just like, oh my God. I was about to ask that same yeah. question. Honestly, was it wasn't bump? that bad. They kind of babied me into it. <laughs> so like, 
one I forget who it okay. was. Somebody got like on all fours and you just take like a flat back bump. It got on all fours, like right behind me, almost when you play that prank with your friends, you like push them over. Um, that was essentially what we did. They like got down. I really kind of just like sat on his back and boop, just fell over. And I was like, Oh, that wasn't that bad. But then it was, it's weird. Like the stigma should be like the seventh or eighth bump because then once I got comfortable with it and I was like, nah, get out of here. I don't need you down there anymore. And then I did it on my own. My head was rocking. It was not fun. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, there's a I, I read in uh well I'm sure he said it in different interviews too, but I remember in Edge's book saying that his first bump was somebody gave him like a classic, you know, mm-hmm. old school scoop body slam. And as soon as he hit the ground, he got the wind knocked out of him and he could hear everybody kinda like or he could see everybody like kind of snickering, being like, He's not gonna get back up. And that he like literally had to like pull himself back up because he knew if he didn't that they would all be like, oh, this guy is like, yep. he's not tough enough to do this type of thing. And he's like, dude, I couldn't breathe. I was dizzy. It is. Man, it really weird. is. Especially you see some of the bumps people take nowadays. Um, like we mentioned it earlier, Jack Evans, he was doing that like a 630 or something and landed like on his neck, shoulders. I was, I was overwhelmed just watching that. And you see a lot of this crazy stuff people are doing. And it's... It's not necessary. I will say that. It's cool to see when it all works out, but my goodness, man. Some of this, the things that people do, it's like you got to cringe a little bit. It's kind of like when they take the bumps yeah. on the aprons on the side. Oh, yeah. Have you ever taken I that? I certainly have. I've taken <laughs> I will say, though, I'm sounding like a hypocrite because it was my idea to do a couple of them. So. <laughs> 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 what is um you know and obviously we don't condone this because you know <laughs> definitely don't want to do that but you know when Andy and I were kids and we would like wrestle around the house and you know we're having fun we did have one rule our only rule besides like the obvious like don't like you know actually like try to kill me or anything like that but no no like turning me upside down or me turning you upside down to do any sort of like pile driver maneuvers. We knew that if that went wrong, that would just like crush our mom's soul. So we just like always stayed away from that stuff. The first time that somebody was like, okay, we're doing Jerry Lawler pile driver (laughs) class. Like, how does that, how how does that work? Like, like it's It's gotta be terrifying. And that's the thing, like certain wrestling schools, they kind of have different programs and, None of the places that I've trained did we ever have like a pile driver safety course. (laughs) It's always like anytime I've taken one, it's just been with somebody that I super trust. And I'm like, okay, you're going to take care of me. You take care of me. Okay, cool. And I always have like the second right when I'm lifted up where it's like, oh, shit. And then it happens, and then thankfully you make it through, but uh, every single time it never ceases to fail, where it's just like, all right, my life might be uh, flashing before my eyes here. Dude, man. I always I always thought when I was a kid, I was like, because I was like, I want to be a wrestler, but is there any way I just like don't have to do the pile driver or take the pile driver? <laughs> like, I'm like, can mm-hmm. I do everything but that one? 
I would be that I would be that dude in the back putting the match together. It would be like, oh man, you know, last night kind of tweak my neck. Maybe I can't do the power driver tonight. Like, <laughs> I'll always have an excuse. Yeah. I'll have the excuse to get thing. out of it. I think you got to be comfortable saying um, like, nah, it's not for me, dog. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. And I'm sure, and, and, and in all seriousness, I'm sure all the time, like people that are new are intimidated. Like maybe somebody they look up to is like, Hey, you want to do this? And they're like, Yes, but maybe I don't know. Do you have you ever do you think that's something that happens where you know that they're going to take care of you because they've been doing this for, you know, 20 some years. But it's like, man, I don't know if I really want to do this, but you feel like you kind of almost have to. I don't know if that's like culturally a thing at all. No, dude, you're spot on. And it's actually it's a fact. I've seen that. Like I've witnessed that moment. And I actually talked somebody out of taking a move just because. To what you're saying, like there may be a lot of times it's newer people who haven't done it or they are a little intimidated by it, which I mean, you're in the wrestling industry, so you kind of have to be a little, I don't know, have a little screw loose upstairs just because, you know, what we're doing, just the nature of it. Um, But sometimes, you know, some moves just really intimidate people. And uh, this one guy, he was pretty fresh in the industry, maybe a year in max. And... Somebody wanted to do a move with him. I think it was a Canadian destroyer, honestly. And he just, you could tell in his tone and he was like, ah, I don't know. And even me, I'm not saying I'm a vet by any means, but I was the champion of the company. I was just like, Hey man, I just, I honestly don't think he's feeling it. If you got anything else you can hit him with, I'm sure he would appreciate that. And thankfully they went through and didn't do the move. But um, to your point, it does happen where some people are just like, eh, I'd rather not, but I kind of feel like I have to. Is the uncertainty and the second guessing usually also where people do get injured? Where on that last second they question, do I really want to do this? And that's when like the mistakes happen? Is it like you almost like you flinch up kind of thing? Or... I mean, I don't know. I've always everything I've ever read is when the doubt creeps in, yeah. that's when accidents well, it causes happen. hesitation. You know, Andy, you, you said second guess. That's exactly what it is. There's that moment of uh, you hesitate. Mm-hmm. If you hesitate, like it just it flow it it takes the flow off and it messes up the rhythm of what you're doing. So, uh, especially nowadays, like what we're saying, kind of keeping the theme here with these athletic maneuvers that everybody's doing and all of these wild stunts that you're seeing in the ring, it's it's overwhelming. And if there is a moment where you're like, ah, shit, that sounded cool on paper, but I don't know if this is going to happen. If you do have that doubt and then there is that hesitation, then the timing's off and something goes awry. So it's either something you have to in advance, just know like, no, I'm not even going to put myself in that scenario. And I'm just going to say no thanks right off the bat. Or, you know, if you're feeling it in the, in the match, Maybe you get hurt in another move. It's like, I can't do this. It's not going to happen. You got to tell your opponent. You got to adjust. But yeah, it's scary when that happens. I've kind of been on the receiving end of it, but for the most part, thankfully not. Yeah. My, uh, my, to, to lighten the mood with something like that, I will say my favorite. Uh, just being a big podcast listener, my favorite story I've ever heard like that is <laughs> something was wrong. I, Matt Cardona was telling a story that he 
had something wrong with his knee or like his tailbone or something like that and uh gallows wanted to give him a, an atomic drop like 1980s <laughs> like very simple like the most like s- chill move that you can give somebody and he was like i don't know man i don't know if i'm <laughs> feeling that one tonight <laughs> and like <laughs> and gallows is like are you kidding and he's like dude it's like the easiest move possible and he's like i don't know man he's like my he's oh, like goodness. my knees a little tweaked or something like that and uh i don't know that that story always made me crack up because apparently gallows was like you got to be kidding me but uh yeah man so how did you come up you know you you get into the business you get trained how did you come up with uh or was your character originally given to you or how many gimmicks did you go through before you came to the Shockzilla character? So it's been how did this come about? pretty much, I don't want to say the same, but I mean, the name I came up with on my own, that was kind of like that business world I was talking about. Everybody in the office, they kept calling me like a bro. They're like, ah, oh, dude, you're such a bro. You're such a bro. And I always like despised like frat bros throughout college. And then even after college, like, ah, oh, these freaking guys. Um, so then when they would say that to me, I was like offended by it. I was like, what are you talking about? I'm not a bro. Um, but yeah, it got to a point where I was like, right, you know right. what? Heck it. I'm just going to make it my freaking gimmick. So uh, I went with the name bro, but obviously I added a little twist to it with the EAUX, you know, trying to make it cool, have flair, stand out a bit. Yes. Um, but then, yeah, like even through doing that, like also, by the way, Keller just had a good ring to it have no idea where that came from. It just sounded like it worked, but <laughs> see, no, thank you. Does. All right. That's good. a, that's reassuring to hear. Uh, until you, until you go to WWE and then Vince McMahon decides that it's just bro. What? And then you don't have Keller anymore. <laughs> it's going to go the one, other way. Just one. call me Keller and they're going to drop the bro <laughs> because of freaking riddle. <laughs> just, yeah, yeah you're just going to be Keller. Yeah. Um, there you go. But yeah, even with that, like just kind of as I was finding myself, like having these matches, just how my energy was in the ring and like I watch it back or, you know, when I'm watching it with my coach and whatnot, it's just kind of like, oh, you have this vibrancy about you. There's this effervescence in there. So it's like, let's just try to like dive into that a little bit more. And, you know, all good wrestlers are like themselves cranked up to 10. You know, that's what Stone Cold says all the time. Uh, that's really just what I tried to do. I was like, okay, well then let's take those little traits that you were mentioning and let's crank them up to 10. Um, so yeah, it would start off with Jockzilla. And then I realized like, oh, I carry a lot of energy throughout these matches. So all energy right here. Um, and then just since then, this has kind of been mm-hmm. all energy. That's um, where, what promotion, I don't know if you have like a main one that you're currently working for, but you know, when while you're traveling the indies and doing these things, what are your favorite and main promotions that you normally work for, and what titles, uh, if you can remember them all? Well, I just I have this one. I don't know if you can see it back there, baby. That's yeah, with there we Penn. go. That's cool. Yeah, it's pretty sweet. It's actually like the nicest spot I've ever had. Um, Pennsylvania Premier Wrestling (PPW). Um, they're up in Broadheadsville now. And they're a pretty sweet promotion. They always bring in a lot of like names, if you will, um, which is pretty cool. You get to be around a lot of these guys and girls that have, you know, been to the E or been in AEW, and and you know they're kind of doing these offshoot indie promotions or 
they're not in WWE anymore. So now it's like, hey, I'm just hitting the indies and, and making my rounds. Um, but they're an awesome promotion. Uh, Anthony and Paul over there, they take care of me. They're good people. I always appreciate working there. Um, and being their champion, I just wrestled Facade, what was that, a couple weeks ago, and threw him, like, threw chairs from the top rope. It was silly. Um, again, all this shit that I'm saying, you don't need to do. And then, of course, we go out and do it. Um, but, yeah, I do enjoy working with them. Uh, I just mentioned a little bit ago, I'll be wrestling Jack Evans. That's down at MCW, Maryland Championship Wrestling. So, I mean, they're two probably the biggest. Go ahead. What? You know what? Oh, no, I was going to say, um, what's the date of that show? Because Jeremy, Andy, and I actually all grew up in that town. It's the same hey. county that we grew up in in Maryland. So we could, we'd could, we love to come. Yeah, we'd love to come oh, see yeah. you wrestle it's there, man. That'd be awesome. We got, yeah, we got I, I live time. in Bel Air right now, like 15 minutes away <laughs> from Joppa. Yeah. Yeah, and... We yeah, yeah we all grew up there so we could we'll, we'll just come right over to the Joppa uh, market. Oh, we got to make that show. happen. July twenty third. This is for everybody watching. MCW July twenty third. It's the Shamrock Cup, uh, which is kind of like their I don't want to say WrestleMania, um, but I mean kind of is. It's like a tournament style. Uh, everybody has a first round and then they advance to the finals and it's kind of like a, a scramble match uh, for the finals to be the the Shamrock champion, but. Uh, yeah, I love I love working there and PPW. But then also, I mean, doing a lot of these different shows I've been doing, especially recently, I've just kind of gotten into this brewery kick. So every show I can find that's at a brewery, I'm taking that. So if a book it, yeah, that sounds amazing. awesome. <laughs> I love it. I did like a yeah. distillery too about a month or so ago. Um, but yeah, there's so many different places and so many unique settings. That's what makes indie, uh, independent wrestling so much fun. So I just wanted to ask: Are there any? And I'm going to leave. No, yeah, sorry, Jeremy, I was you go to ask ahead. One more thing, because you showed us the title. So I'm. Um, I always know that the whenever you win a title, you also like they. You have to take it everywhere with you, then, right? Because they they give it to you, and it's like you have to hold on to it. So like you have to bring it to every single show. Kind then. of. So I think that happens more often. I don't know. Actually, that's a really good question because, like, for me, I have this title, but. I, I, I kind of get a little irked when I go on these different shows and every match has a title from all over yeah. the place. And it's like, all right, well, you know, yeah. like what kind of zest is this adding to the show, if any? So for the most part, unless, you know, there's some sort of partnership or if the promoters are in communication with each other, I normally try to keep the title with the company or the promotion that it's a part of. Um, and another yeah. kind of like side fact on that is... Not all companies let you take the belt with you. <laughs> so I've had like multiple championships. But this is really like the only one I've ever brought home. But they trust me with it. They made me their champion for a reason, right? So it's like, why don't you let me take this bad boy home? I'll take yeah. pictures and photo shoots with it. I'll put this thing over. Yeah. yeah. Put, it, put it in the fridge. <laughs> put it in the fridge CM Punk style. Yeah, man. Yeah, you got it. You got it, dude. Um, no, I love that. I was trying to remember what I was going to ask right before uh, Jeremy had his question. I mean, it was nothing like too imperative, but I was going to, um, oh yeah. What is like the best, okay, what's the best advice that you've ever got from a veteran? I literally was about to ask this question, by the way. And 
but also and also you don't have to use tell use their name or anything but what is the worst advice and what and something that you've been like all right well uh, never talking to that guy again well, that was that sucked or the latter like, honestly i don't know if i've ever gotten i've never really gotten bad advice per se i will i add to that that okay wrestling is so interesting because every vet kind of thinks that their way is the way, which is just so, again, I respect where they came from, everything that they've put forth, what's worked for them, maybe uh, whatever the case may be. However, there's no one way to do it. There's so many different styles and variations and types of wrestling that uh, certain advice when people say, one thing it's like well for example i had a guy say to me once he's like why are you doing like the whole indie wrestling thing like you're out there you're high-fiving the crowd um and (laughs) my immediate thought was like well i'm on an indie show so that's probably (laughs) um (laughs) but then also they, they made the point where it was like you know these people in the front row or just really in general you're giving them high fives but it's like why you know you want to stand out you want to be the star and you know you don't want to be so accessible which again i understand and it's a good point like if i am supposed to be this superstar wrestler they shouldn't so like easily be able to touch me or give me a high five um but then my counter that was like you know let's say you go to a beyonce concert she's on the microphone she's reaching out to all the people in the front row and they're giving her high fives and grabbing her arm and whatnot so it's like in my opinion, I again, I get where they're coming from, but there's more than one way to do something, and there's ways of, of doing it. And then uh, is there any advice that sticks out to you from somebody that you've met that you either, like, respect or looked up to that you're like, man, I'm I'm real, like, anything in particular that you're like, man, I, I'm really going to carry this with me? Or do you think, you know, just the... And again, we might edit this out, but the ma- <laughs> the making them wait part was that really was, was. That the good and, <laughs> and honestly, it's something that you know I carry with me to a lot of shows. And in a weird way, it's just there's so much depth from a psychological aspect uh, as to how these wrestling shows and even on a more micro level, these matches work. So even if it is like if they're cognizant of it or if it's in their subconscious when you are making somebody wait for anything, you know, if you're in line for a new iPhone, if you're at a concert, if you're at a wrestling show and you want to see somebody, there's that level of anticipation that builds and builds and builds and builds. And then once it finally happens, you get that payoff. It's like, Oh yes, this is what I've been waiting for. And no pun intended, but like the energy is just there and it breaks through. So I think that would be the best piece of it. Right. Do you notice that, you know, work in the Indies, like you see guys in different phases of their careers, like for instance, you know, you're, you want to like progress further and keep doing more and you're a young guy. So you're taking in these bits of advice and you're really like keeping this in mind and you're like, all right, I'm bringing this with me as I advance over my career. Do you, but do you ever, you know, are there guys on these shows that, you know, maybe they're, they're just having fun. Like they're like, look, this is just what I do on the weekends. Like I'm not trying to get to AEW. I just love pro wrestling. Do you ever meet oh, any of those everybody? Type of you name it. Uh, I mean, I've seen some people that wrestle maybe six times a year. 
some people that are wrestling six times a weekend. I mean, it's the entire gamut, like up and down the, you know, like some guys, they work with one promotion and that's it. And they have their one show a month and that's all they do. And it's just kind of their hobby is what I would call it. And again, if, if that's, if that's somebody's mission, I respect that. But the one thing that kind of, you know, makes my skin crawl is when people do that, they have that one show a month uh, with the one promotion but they are like, oh, AEW, they're going to see my footage. Or WWE, they're going to call me up to NXT. It's, it's going to happen. It's like, well, you got to adjust your diet. You got to train more. You got to practice. And you got to work more than once a month with the same promotion. Um, so it's like even that, like that's more advice too, is like getting on the roads, like debuting at different companies. Um, I've been really trying to do that a lot this year because I kind of got into a bit of a rhythm. And now that I've, you know, worked a couple, I don't know, I'll say bigger names, um, it's just kind of nice to put on my resume and hopefully get noticed by other, like, bigger independent promotions, too. So there's definitely an array of different personalities and different types of, of motivation across these indie shows. Yeah, I, one of my favorite movies of all time is the documentary Beyond the Mat, uh, which I saw Probably when I was way too young, it was probably totally inappropriate for me to watch it, especially Jake the Snake, like doing crack in the in the motel room. But uh, (laughs) but uh, I do love that movie. And one of the, you know, Barry, I think his name is Barry, Barry something. I think that's the guy who made the movie. Um, But he he says, you know, he's like on these indie shows, it's, you know, is sometimes depending on what you see is as far down as you can go before starting over or, you know, it's something or it's something really great where it's like, you know, they, the, it's an indie promotion, but they do a really good job and it's a, it's well run and it's uh, you know, and all those things. Do you have, you said PPW and MCW, any others anywhere else that you have really enjoyed? Sorry, I'm going to plug my phone in here quick. Um, No, I mean, there's a lot like, Especially, I, I was fortunate enough to, we even mentioned Shikara. Unfortunately, they're in a weird position now. I don't know the entire story there. I don't know what all happened. I just know some people had issues with other people. And I mean, no disrespect. I don't want to lighten what it was that happened or take away from whoever experienced However, right. my personal experience sure. was great there. And I really enjoyed working with them. Uh, they did a, a cool show uh, once where... Uh, it was like at a, the Harrisburg Senator Stadium, which was pretty fun. So that was kind of neat. But I mean, it's also just really nice to just explore different areas and go to different shows. Like I wrestled down in, in Georgia a few months ago, which was a lot of fun. Um, that was like it was it was through BEW, which is British Empire Wrestling. They had some sort of U.S. connection. So they ran a show, uh, which was a lot of fun. And that was through Casey Dillon. She runs the Belladonna division as well. Um, even on that, I got a freaking hilarious story I'll have to tell you guys at some point uh, about that. <laughs> but oh, yeah. yeah, just getting out exploring, like beyond wrestling, I'd love to go back and work with them because that was a lot of fun up in Massachusetts. Um, that's obviously one of like the bigger independent shows that's run. Um, I was just talking to my opponent this past weekend. Like I mentioned, I was at a brewery in middle of nowhere, Pennsylvania, Mifflinburg. And it was a blast and a half. There were like 200 people there just boozing up, having so much fun, yelling their faces off. 
Um, so it's just it's random stuff like that. And and the point I was going to make there was my opponent was saying, hey, like BCW down in Virginia, like they run a pretty good program, so you should try to work with them. Um, Action Wrestling down in Georgia, they were always a blast. I love working with those guys. Matt Griffin, awesome promoter. Um, so yeah, I mean. The list kind of goes on and on. My buddy's uh, Shane, or I should, excuse me, Savage Gentleman, uh, Victor Benjamin, him and Lady Frost, his wife, uh, they have a promotion out in Pittsburgh too, Wrestle Pit. Uh, it doesn't run too frequently, but uh, when they do, the venue was sick. It had an awesome atmosphere. So much fun. So, again, I mean, I could go on and on. I mean, Atomic Championship Wrestling through Twisted Tate, they gave me my big break and actually gave me the time of day for me to debut and then you know there's other promotions just like that swo uh, over in york um, so i mean there's a lot of places that i just love to work with have you ever wrestled for the delta wrestling alliance no in Pennsylvania? I, I can't say i'm from a- it's a it's a little i live in a little tiny farm town down here and i see flyers oh, for it so i just was now curious um I, 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 dude we should go to a show i think it would be funny just to people watch see what's going on there um before we wrap up here is there any promotions and obviously you know don't say their name but is there any time that you've showed up to a venue? And I know being used to play, I used to play in bands and we've showed up places and we're like, what the fuck? I can't believe we're actually going to play here. Like, have, is there any funny stories off the top of your head of like a place that you showed up? You're like, we're going to wrestle. Um, all right. So it's similar take. I never really walked into a building and I was like, Oh, this, this is what we're doing. Cause for the most part, they're able to finagle it in a way where it's at least presentable. However, uh, I did do a, a match once, and I, I kid you not, this is, this is part of the rough, the rough edges of professional wrestling when you're trying to cut your teeth. 11 people. There were 11 people in the audience, and that was it. This wasn't like a practice match. This wasn't training. This is a show that people paid for, and there were 11 humans watching us, and Again, I appreciate those 11 humans. We went after it to keep them entertained because they did pay tickets and they deserve a good match. However, going into it, I was just like, that's it? This is what we're... Oh. All right, let's let's do it. <laughs> now, I, I, I'm only telling this story. I'll close on my end with this story because... I I have a a friend who became a professional wrestler and I, I think he does it full time. I you know did no disrespect for to uh, to him about that. Um but his wrestling name is uh Yeah, Jason absolutely. I I've, I've met, met him like quite a few times. Um I guess we Yeah. Yeah. So Lo his real name's Logan. His shoot name brother. Shoot name's Logan and uh we he's he's an old friend of mine. When I used to play music, our bands used to play together. Well, we went and saw him perform at this show and I'm going to leave the name of the promotion out of it. But I think I offended him a little bit because (laughs) when we went to this show, man, I like this dude got not him. We watched a guy get (laughs) sued. Look, Andy's already covering his face. He knows that it's, it's this larger human let's just put it that way was superplexed from the top of a ladder 
and he put it all on the line. Like I got to give, you know, I got to give it props. Like, but it was maybe, if not the funniest thing I've ever seen in my entire life to to this day. <laughs> like, like I have never laughed so hard in my entire life. And when I saw Logan after the show, because he did great, you know, he's an athletic, like you know, younger dude. And I'm like, dude, Logan, I'm like, I'm like, bro, you did awesome. And I'm like, high five. And I'm, I'm like, good to see you again. He's like, thank you so much for coming. And I'm like, bro, when the dude got superplexed off the top of the ladder, I was like, oh, my God, dude, that was the funniest thing I've ever seen. And he just kind of gave me that look of just like disappointment, like, damn. And I was like, no, not like that, dude. Like, I didn't, like, I didn't mean it like, like that. But yeah i just uh that story always sticks out with me because i always felt so bad but it was an interesting promotion there was a band that played like a country rock band that played over top of the entranceway but they didn't play the wrestlers to the ring they just would play while there's a battle royal going on (laughs) it was yeah like there was there was like a battle royal and there was like a country rock band playing like we'll say the promotion after we stop recording (laughs) Yeah, we'll tell you the after off off air. We'll tell you the promotion. Maybe you've worked there. Who knows? But uh, yeah, man, is there anything you have coming up that you want to promote? And then obviously, before we close, please tell everybody where we can find you on. Uh, yeah, by all means. So coming up, um, I actually got to look at my schedule. I'm, I'm a little all over the map here. I have off. Well, you, you got the one for MCW. You got That's that July 23rd, the weekend before that. I'm defending this butte right here, uh, July 15th, I believe, at PPW, Pennsylvania Premier Wrestling. Give them a give them a shout on social media. Um, what else? Yeah, I just worked, like I said, in, in Central PA this past weekend. I've got a few other bookings with some new promotions. Uh, I just locked in some dates with 1CW in Delaware. Um, which was a fun, fun time for me. Uh, the, the one and only time I worked for them. Um, but yeah, again, like I said, I'm just trying to navigate new areas and try to get the name out. Like rather than just being up here in the Northeast, spread it down to the mid Atlantic, get out West a little bit more. Um, you know, I'm just really trying to stretch my wings as much as I can, but to answer the social media questions, I keep it super duper easy. Bro Keller across all platforms at bro b-r-e-a-u-x keller k-e-l-l-e-r that's twitter that's facebook that's instagram nobody else needs to see my snapchat um but yeah i mean that's pretty much it for me on my end hey man well thank you so much for joining us on the show we appreciate it and honestly you've been super cool you have answered so many questions that I've kind of like a lot of stuff that I've kind of wondered in my head my whole life, you know, like things that I thought that I kind of had a hunch on and have read about, but getting some concrete, you know, answers from you was super cool. And dude, please like we're not, we're not, we're going to come see you at MCW obviously, but we'd love to have you back on at some point and chat it up with us again. Uh, maybe yeah. after mania or something this year or something, you know, just to catch up with you again. And we're looking super forward to like just seeing how your career progresses. I appreciate it, guys. No, you're you're way too kind. You're making making me blush over here with all those nice statements. But I do appreciate it. I really do. Um, It's just it's been such a fun ride, you know. And and I'm really trying to take that next step now at this point. Um, So, like I said, like trying to stretch out and get to different promotions and whatnot. But 
Yeah, it's been a, a long, arduous ride, I should say, especially just because, you know, taking 2020 off, missing a whole year of wrestling for the most part, um, had its challenges. But, but yeah, thank you. It's been a pleasure being on here and chatting with you guys. Yeah, oh, dude, anytime. And make sure you guys go see PPW champion Bro Keller wrestle. Go see him at MCW. Go follow him on Instagram. Follow him on Twitter, Facebook, and all those good things. Follow us on social media at the PW Fan. And join us next week for episode 42. Everybody have a great night, and we'll talk to you soon.